Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, The Hope of Salvation, presented by Pastor Alan Moss on May 20th, 2018. And she raised her hand, she said, you know, I don't know if I'm saved or not because I don't know if I signed up for this. You know, this, this isn't what I signed up for. You know, and she kind of elaborated a little bit of what do you mean? You know, because I, I was going to ask her. I was just going to say, what do you mean? I, I was going to take charge because that just blew me away. You know, but he did. He said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, I wonder if, I've, if I'm really saved. And I wonder if I signed up for this because I don't live as good as so-and-so lives. And I can't keep up to their standards. So I don't think I've ever got saved. And I'm going to tell you what, when she said that, it was like opening a can of worms. There was all kinds of people in there saying, yeah, that's the way I feel. That's the way I feel. I don't know if I've ever got saved either because I can't live up to so-and-so standards. But when they were saying that, none of them were saying God's standards. They were all saying people they knew. And that really got to me. And I started thinking, do we tell people what salvation really is? Do we tell them? Because one guy sat up and said, well, I know I'm saved because I'm doing everything right. That's what he said. You know, and he's a good guy. He's a great guy. But he said, you know, and the guy said, well, you know, you do know. He said, oh, yeah, I know I'm saved because I'm doing everything right. I go to church every time. You know, every Sunday, I'm almost here every Sunday. I read my Bible. Uh, I, I come to Sunday school. We pray before every meal. So I, I, I tithe my money. I'm doing everything right. So I know I'm saved. Is that what it is? Is it? But that's, that's what we're teaching people nowadays. We're teaching people that it's more about being entertained than hearing the Word of God. It's more about always feeling good than hearing the Word of God. Because if I'm not perfect and you're not perfect, does that mean we're going to make mistakes? And if we make mistakes, that means we've done something wrong. And if we've done something wrong, doesn't that mean we should be told when we've done something wrong? How are we ever going to figure that out if we only get told how great we are all the time? That's not salvation. See, salvation changes you. It really does. You know, and that's what, I, that's what Paul is saying here. He is begging them to stop thinking you're saved. He, he's almost, you know, he could have gone back and said, you know what, think about, about your relatives in the wilderness. How many years did they just go around and circle in the wilderness? I got news for you. There is going to be so many Christians that truly are just traveling in the wilderness, not ever knowing Christ. Because all they know about salvation is I'm doing everything right. They've never gave their life, their heart, everything they have to Christ. 
Jeff just sung a song, Surrender. I, I gave it all. I gave you my all. I surrendered my life to you. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, guys, you have to surrender your life. Don't make it about your own righteousness. See, a lot of times we make that list. We get a list kind of on the wall in our mind about how righteous I am, how saved I am. And instead of putting the list on here, it's going to say, okay, why do I know I'm saved? Well, well, I'm, I'm skinnier than Jeff. Yeah, not by much, but I'm teasing you. Well, but we do. We start making that list. Well, I go to church more than so-and-so. I know more about the Bible. I remember more. I got things memorized. Uh, I'm, I live a better life than so-and-so. All these other people. That's the list we make, and that's our own righteousness. And that's what Paul is saying here. You're making your own righteousness by grading others. Is that, is that salvation? No. You know what should be on this list? I'm saved because I surrendered to Christ. There's nothing else. How does it change your life? Well, the first thing it does is it changes your mind. You start thinking differently. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says this. It says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, when you, when you get saved, you do change. Your life should change. It starts with your mind. You start thinking differently. Your mindset changes. It becomes less about you and more about others. It becomes less what you accomplish and more what God accomplishes through you. Your mindset does change. Are you still going to make mistakes every day? At least I do. But that's okay because now my mind tells me when I mess up. It lets me know, oh, geez, dude, you just dropped the ball. And I know where to go. See, I was talking to a guy the other day. And we were talking about God. And he said, you know, I believe in God, but I don't believe you should have to go to him every time you mess up. I said, what do you mean? He said, I just don't think it works that way. I don't think you should ever have to ask forgiveness. I said, why? He said, well, isn't that why his son died on the cross so that you would never have to ask forgiveness for anything? I said, well, no. He said, he died on the cross to pay for your sin. But when you ask forgiveness, your sin's already been forgiven. But all you're doing is acknowledging that you're smarter now. That you know what sin is. I understand I messed up. It's like a little kid. You know, my grandson loves to hit little Avery. Little bitty Avery. He's a tough little nut. But he doesn't know. But when he gets a little bit older and that wisdom comes in, he'll understand that's wrong. And when our mindset changes, we understand what's wrong. You know, I remember when I was about 
oh, probably 15, 16 years old, something we used to love to do in Oklahoma, and this isn't real impressive to tell, but we used to like to uh, go up and climb on air, oil derricks and ride them like a horse. You know, the ones that go up and down. That's not real bright. <laughs> you know, but we used to do that all the time. Now, it took a little bit of liquid courage sometimes. You know, sometimes we could barely see to get up the steps or the stairs. But we used to do that a lot, you know. And uh, now I look back and I'm like, I know that's wrong. Man, that's stupid. I could have, if, if I fall off one time, that could be it. Because I matured. My mind changed. When you get salvation in your life, when you've surrendered your will to God's will, it starts changing your mind. It starts changing your thought pattern. You want to come to church because you want to come to church. You want to read the Bible because you want to read the Bible. You want to get closer to Him. Not, not because, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. You want to go to church because you say, I want to go see my church family and I want to get some fuel for the week because my week has been horrible and I need some refilling. I need God. That's why you come. Not because you think, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. See, that changes like that. And that's good. Romans 12.10 says, Be kindly, affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor, giving preference to one another. Changes your mind. Like I said, you start thinking more about others than you do yourself. Everything's different. What else does it change? Salvation changes your heart. That's where it all starts. So you need to ask yourself, has my heart changed? Am I the same that I was 25 years ago when I supposedly gave my life to Christ? Or am I different? Has my heart changed? Have I learned to love a little bit deeper and a little bit more? Have I learned to forgive a little bit easier? Do I don't get as angry over little things as I used to? And do I just want to be in God's presence? See, if your heart hasn't changed, maybe you haven't changed. Because salvation will change your heart. It's inevitable. It's not a, oh, maybe it will, maybe it won't. In Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, it says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. With all your heart, give it to him. Let him guide you. I mean, it's amazing that, that when we do what we're supposed to do, it changes us. How do, we, how do we get our heart closer to God? Has any, anybody ever heard of a guy named Eric Little? Who was he? That's right. 
Yeah. Anybody seen the movie Chariots of Fire? It's an older movie. I know some of you are young. But it's about, a, it, there's a story in there about him, you know, him and some other guys. But, you know, the story in here about him is true. You know, Eric Little was a, was a, was a runner in the Olympics back in the 20s. And he was a distance runner. But he was also a man of great faith. So much so that during the Olympics, his big race was on a Sunday. And he refused to race. He said, no, I'm not racing that day. I'm going to church. To the point where they brought in royalty to try to persuade him, you best be running on Sunday. This is for your country, man. You know, in one of the lines, I got to take a drink, I'm sorry. I'm going to spit cotton balls up here in a minute. But, I mean, they, they did everything they could to try to talk him into racing on Sunday. And they said, well, don't you understand that your king is first? And he said, no, no, no. <laughs> he said, you're right. My king is first. And my king says, I best be in church on Sunday. So he would not run. He was a true man of faith. And, and I'm going to tell you what, if you want to hear some really cool stuff, go Google him and read a lot of his quotes. Because this guy had wisdom. I mean, he had wisdom. One thing he said that I really liked, as he said this, he said, you will know as much of God and only as much of God as you are willing to put into practice. See, our heart changes. We want to know God. See, I have too many people that come and say, you know, I don't think I've ever been saved because I don't know a whole lot about God. My first question is, what have you done to learn about God? Well, I tried to memorize the New Testament. Oh, well, okay. But did you read it like you were trying to memorize it? Or did you read it the way God wanted you to read it? There is a difference. See, if we take this book right here, and, and we say, you know what? I want to read it like I'm reading an English book. Sorry, Raina. An English book. It's school. She's an English teacher. I'm, I'm going to read this book like it's just a, just a book at school that I've got to learn. That's about all you're going to do is read the book. See, God made this book to change your life, to change your heart. He wants you to read this book like it's his book. He wants you to read it to get something out of it. He wants you to pick this book up and say, God, speak to me through these pages. Speak to me through these verses. Tell me what you want me to know. Draw me closer to you. That's what he wants. And when you pick this book up and you say, you know what? I don't care if I remember which verse this said what, because honestly, guys, I don't. I know where a lot of it is, but I can't tell you where it's at. I know what it says, but sometimes I can't. I'm not one of those guys that can say, well, in this chapter, in this verse, you know, I, I admire those guys, but I ain't one of them. Because I've never really read it that way. I read it because I need God to talk to me. 
And I want him to talk to me. And I want to draw near to him. Because my heart has changed. And the only way I'm going to do that is to put into practice. It's up to me. And it's up to you. If you want your heart to change, then change your heart. You want to know about God? Then learn about Him. But guess what? Talk to Him. He's not a stranger in a corner. He's not somebody you don't know because if you don't know Him, then you're probably not saved. He's your best friend. He's our heavenly Father. He wants that relationship with you. That is what Paul is telling them right now. He's saying, guys, 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 know Jesus Christ. Get that relationship with Christ. Have your minds change. Have your hearts change. That's where it's about. Don't worry about the do's and the don'ts because you are going to stumble. And it's okay. But change your heart. That's where it starts. Your mind changes. Your heart changes. We don't preach it enough, do we? Look at this world. We had another school shooting. We're not teaching salvation. We're not teaching Christ. We're not teaching love. We're not teaching honoring people, each other. We're teaching it's all about me. And if I'm doing the right things, I'm okay. And the right things nowadays is whatever I want to do. And then we sit in here and we wonder, what's wrong with the world? It needs Christ. That's what's wrong with the world. And we've got to get back to preaching the gospel. And it's real simple. You want to go to heaven, you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's what Paul just says. He just said that. He just said, guys, whoever believes in Him shall not be put to shame. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall, not, shall be saved. But we don't teach that anymore. That's my fault. And I'm sorry. We got to get back to being strong. We really want to change. We got to tell people when you get saved, your mind changes, your heart changes. If it doesn't, then maybe you just went through the motions. Another one of those people in, in Alex's class really broke my heart when he said, You know, I think I'm saved because I remember one day. The preacher said, all I got to do is say this little prayer and I'm saved. And I said it. And the question was asked to him, well, did you say it with your pure heart? He said, well, no, I said it because the preacher told me to say it. What's that song you just sung, Jeff? Didn't it say something about getting on your knees? Surrender. If you've never surrendered your all to Him, then you're holding on. And you're holding back. So don't bellyache about you don't know much about God. Because you haven't asked. It's not my job to teach you the Bible. 
My job is to teach you the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm begging you guys, just like Paul was begging here. Do not walk out of here doubting. Do not walk out of here saying, I don't know. Do not walk out of here saying, you know what? I've been in church for 50 years. What else you got to do? Do not walk out of here like that. Paul is telling them right now, I know you love God, but unless you accept Jesus Christ, you're not going to make it. Unless you've had that change, unless you've surrendered your all to Him, and your mind changed, and your heart changed, you're not going home. See, salvation is going home. That's what it is. I remember when we moved out here before Raina and all the kids and the rest of the family moved out here. You know, I came out here and I had to live in a hotel for about three and a half months. That was fun. Uh, lived in a couple of them, actually. The first one I lived in, the door next, and this was not my door, but the room next door to me got busted for prostitution ring. So I had to move to another hotel, you know, uh, mainly because it just kept me up all night. Uh, but I moved to another hotel. So I slept in a hotel for about two and a half months, about three months, I guess. So I came out in February, and they came out after school. And I remember one night on a Friday, about probably about 6 o'clock at night here, which is 7 o'clock back in Oklahoma, I called, you know, and was talking to all the kids. And, you know, Raina was in ninth, eighth grade. You know, so she wasn't like a baby or anything, but she's my baby. And I remember they asked me if I was coming home this weekend because it had been about three weeks before, since I'd been back. And she asked, you know, and are you coming home? I said, no, it's just too late in the day. You know, it's, it's too late. You know, there's no way. You know, but I'm going to tell you what. You know, after talking to her and I talked to Alex and talked to Lana and talked to Carrie... I could hear in their voice they wanted me to come home. So I got in my car and I started driving home. I think I got there at like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. I drove all night long. But all I could think about was going home. You know, that's all I could think about. And it was such a great feeling to think I'm going home. Because where they are, that was my home. That's all I wanted to do was go home. That's what Christ wants for you. He wants you to come home. The only way is through Him. He says in John 14, 2, and it's going to be, He says, In my Father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Now, if that doesn't tell you he wants you to come home, I don't know what will. He died on the cross so you could come home. And then he's going and he's preparing a mansion for you just so you can go home. How does it start? It starts with your salvation. It starts with you getting on your knees. 
It starts with you surrendering everything you have to Him. Whether you want to or not. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Once you do, once you take that first step and you hit your knees and you say, God, I do want to give it all to you. I ain't got much. I don't know much about your word. I don't know much about you, but I am tired of living this life. Your mind changes. Your heart changes. And you get a ticket home. It's that simple. It's that simple. The hardest step is that first step. Just like Paul says here, my heart's desire and prayer to God as that Israel may be saved. Shouldn't that be all of our prayers? Shouldn't all of our desires be that everybody gets saved? You know, I love you guys. Well, some of you. <laughs> but guys, you know, I'm going to tell you what. I know I'm going home. And I want to see you guys there. I want to be able to, to say good morning and have Jane and Andy and Corey and Jason holler back at me. I want to look up and see all you guys there. So I'm begging you. Don't walk out that door not knowing whether you're truly saved or not. If there's any doubt, then give it to Him. Let's close our eyes with every head bowed. I know we don't do this often. But our salvation is, is the most precious thing we have. It's our, it's our ticket home. And I'm challenging you right now. If you don't have that, or if you don't know if you have it, or even if you're questioning it, I'm begging you, come forward. I'll meet you up here. Floyd will meet you up here. Swallow that pride. Swallow that ego. That's the devil pulling you down. I'm going to ask you now just to step out of your aisle and come. Just come forward. We'll pray with you. We'll love on you. Maybe you're here and you know somebody that, that really you know needs God. You want us to pray for them. Just raise your hand and we will pray for them. If you know anybody, if you're struggling with anybody, don't let it set. Give it to Him. I'll ask you now, just raise your hand if you need prayer in your life. If you're just struggling... You know, be a, there's nothing more important than praying for somebody. Thank you. 
We want to be here. That's our job. That's my goal in life is to see every one of you when I go home. That should be your joy. But don't have doubts. I'll give you another second. I know God's stirring in somebody here. I know He's trying to change that heart. I'm begging you, let Him. Just let Him. Just surrender and it will be so, so better. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for salvation. A salvation that we never had to pay for. The salvation that you sent your son to die on a cross just for us. So we can come home to you. Father, I thank you for everybody that's here today. You know their hearts. It doesn't matter what they tell me, what they say to me, nothing. You know their hearts. I pray that everybody here knows you. And if anybody here is doubting, because the devil will put doubt in their mind big. If they don't know, let them come to me and to Floyd or to Jeff after the service. And we'll pray and we'll talk with them. Let them know they're not on this journey alone. The path is narrow, but you have put plenty of people on that path to help them. We thank you for that. Father, I thank you for what you've done in my life. You've given me more than I've ever deserved. I'm so glad that I was able to realize that one day. I don't know why you bless me now. for being here. Thank you for touching our lives. And, and Father, we pray for this world. Let us be the change. Let the church be the church. Let us start preaching your message. Let us convince people that, that it's about you. It's about accepting Christ. We thank you and we honor you for that. And we give you everything in your son's name who you gave for us. Amen. I want to thank you guys for being here and putting up with me. Uh, we have done some things different. so. Uh, but right now, what I'd like to do is we're getting ready to take our offering. Uh, so I'd like for everybody to stand and let's bless our offering before the, the band plays and we take that offering. This is God's offering. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we once again come to you so humble and so thankful for everything you've given to us. And Lord, we want to be able to give back. And we want this time of giving. We want you to bless this offering. That we understand that it's yours. And that it's, it's used to do your work and to help us do your work. And that's what we want to use it for. 
So we, we take this offering and we bless you for it. We ask that you bless it and just know that it's going to do your work. We thank you and we give you all the honor and glory in your precious son's Jesus name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.